Hello everyone. Welcome to Sweet Talk with Honey and Naya. Um, and so as you all know by now, I have to assume, um, Trinity, Trinity Fatu, formerly known as Naomi in WWE, has debut has signed and debuted with Impact. Uh, Impact Wrestling. And it has been quite the hullabaloo amongst the fandom, at least online. And uh, we both have uh, individual uh, feelings and opinions about all of this. And uh, I don't know if you want to go first or if you want me to go first. Or... Yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go first. Um, actually, you go first. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like primarily, what I have gotten out of all of this is that nobody respects Impact Wrestling enough. Um, which is incredibly frustrating, uh, because as someone who has liked Impact for quite a few years now, and, uh, has been telling people to watch Impact for quite a few years now, uh, it's extremely frustrating to see people basically make a joke about it and be like, well, I'm only gonna watch her match, and then I'm turning on, I'm turning the channel or whatever, and like, okay, if you want her to be successful, wouldn't you want to support the promotion that she's appearing in? Like... Why would you not? Because I know, like, people, because I know people who, like, do not care about, like, Joshi Wrestling who were sitting there watching every single match on the cards that Sasha was on. Like, so why are you not willing to watch Impact when Trinity is on it? And, like, the thing that's especially frustrating is that, like, everybody treats it like a joke. And it's so stupid because Impact is, and I am not kidding, I am not exaggerating, they have the best booked and most prestigious women's division in North America. If not, probably the world. Like, and I am not even fucking playing. Because, like, I cannot think of another promotion, at least not in... Like, there are probably at least one or two in Mexico that has had a woman be their top, 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 top champion. Like, I cannot think of many other places that have had a world title match between two women. Like, WWE hasn't done that. AEW hasn't done that. I can't think of that many Japanese promotions. Like, I can't think of a Japanese promotion that has had a woman anywhere near its world title. Like... Honestly, like, a good bit of Japanese promotions don't even feature men and women. A lot of Japanese promotions are gender-specific. Yeah, so, like... <clears throat> and like I said, there really probably is, like... There probably is one or two in Mexico that have done this, because Mexico has largely like, for the past, like, I think 30 years around that, maybe probably closer to 20, um, they have been pretty open about transgender, about, not transgender wrestling, well, transgender wrestlers too, actually, there's a fair amount of those in Mexico, for anyone who didn't know that already, like, they're actually pretty, like, they have kind of, like, a whole class of wrestlers that are just drag queens, so, like, I mean, they're pretty open about it. There's, like, a whole subculture of that. Yeah, like, it's pretty, like, and, like, is it, like, super duper, like, accepted socially? Like, not really, but, like, when it comes to wrestling, that's not super unusual, but they have a lot of intergender wrestling in Mexico and I think that's great and I think that more places need to do that and you know what the only major American promotion that does that is Impact Wrestling and like they have been doing it for so long they've been doing it I'm if I'm not mistaken since they were TNA like they have been and like consistently since they introduced the knockouts division as the knockouts division 
they have taken that pretty seriously, pretty consistently since its inception. And it's not, and it's not presented as like, oh, she's a woman and look, OMG, she hit that guy, like, lol. Like, it's not presented as that. It's presented as like that is a competitor, that is a competitor. Yes. In a fight, like it's it's an even playing field, which is how intergender wrestling should be presented. Yes, and it's not, and it hasn't just been like it's not just been Jordan Grace. Or any of their bigger, muscular girls. Like, Tessa Blanchard is not a big, muscular woman. You know what I mean? Like, she is muscular, but she's not, like... You don't look at her and think, like, oh, she's, like, a power lifter. You know what I mean? It's not, like... And, like, I don't say this as anything, like, bad or, like, shaming towards, like, Nia Jax, but it's not, like, a Nia Jax situation where it's, like, she's six feet tall, she's, you know, 200, 300 pounds. Yeah, right. you know height and weight wise she balances out with the men or even like Beth Phoenix where she compared to the other divas she was like the buff girl if I'm not mistaken Mickey James literally had a match like two weeks ago that was an intergender match with dudes like yeah uh, somebody literally I want to say it was um I just saw a clip earlier god damn it who was it it was somebody wrestling in the X division I'd have to go back and look but it was like literally like just one of the girls which also beyond that beyond the women's wrestling if you like wrestling you should be watching impact wrestling because they're Mm -hmm. regular guys they're mid carters they're upper card they're x division they're women's division there's like literally everything about it is good like i've i've said this a couple times since this discourse with trinity has popped up but like I said, I specified the women's division, but I should have really said, like, everybody, but, like, Impact sneakily has, like, one of the strongest, like, rosters, and just in general, like, especially if you wanted to break it down to just women's division, they've got a really strong women's division when you look at who's actually there, and they always do, like, that has been the case for a very, very long time now, like, even if you look at the PWI list, I think every year people are, like, why the fuck is so-and-so on there? Like, why is Deanna Parazzo on there? But it's like, you watch if you watch Impact, like, Deanna Parazzo has been doing very well Like, there. maybe it's because Deanna Parazzo has been kicking ass on Impact yeah, since, she, since she got there? Like, why is she on the PWI list? But it's like, she's good at what she does, and she's been very, she's been a strong competitor, and, like, she's been well accomplished, and it's not just her either. It's been, like, girls like Jordan Grace. I know, like, she's kind of a little bit of a butt of a joke right now because of, like, you know, stuff with her may or may not be juicing and stuff like that. But like, you know, uh, there's and there's other girls there too that people don't really talk about. I've had the privilege of uh, seeing Kylan King and Savannah Evans because um, both of them work a lot in North Carolina, uh, specifically in the promotion like where I train AML and like other promotions that are local like DPW and Firestar. They both work very close with all those promotions as well. So I've seen them up close. And they're both phenomenal wrestlers, especially Kylan King. Like, dude, Kylan King is so fucking good. And I'm so happy that Trin got to have her first match back against Kylan because she's such a strong wrestler. And then, like, Giselle, Lady Frost, I saw her for the first time at WrestleCade last November. And she is, like, in terms of, like, women in Impact who are, like, on Trinity's level, athletically speaking, Lady Frost is insane. Like, there's just so many girls there. And, and just wrestlers in general, like, I, and like because of the intergender wrestling that was the first thing one of my friends brought up too like like Alex Shelley wrestled for Impact Speedball Mike Bailey who I think is legitimately one of the best wrestlers walking the planet right now is in Impact like 
some of legit the best people who are doing this are in Impact. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like crazy to see people being like, like I get the joke, nobody watches Impact, but it's kind of like you fucking should. And I think like the thing, like you you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like like I saw people kind of being making fun of the crowd size, and I was like, well, you think that she should be performing in front of a bigger crowd? Buy a ticket to the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go, go, take your friends. Like, yeah, because, like, I'm looking through their roster. Like, I pulled up their roster just to look through it, and, like, like, Trey Miguel, like, I know people have issues with, like, him as a person, but you cannot deny that Trey Miguel is excellent in the ring. And he is their current X Division champion, and he is doing a crazy good job. Like, Ace Austin is there. Like you said, Alex Shelley is there. Fucking Black Taurus is there. Like, Chris Bay is there. Chris Bay is unbelievable. Yeah, Chris, Bay. Chris Sabin Bay. is there. Krazy Steve. Krazy Steve is one of the coolest fucking wrestlers ever. Uh, fucking Dirty Dango is there. Eddie Edwards. Yeah, like, Dango. Jai Dirty Vidal. Dango. Like, Joe Durring is still there. Joe Hendry is there. Like, Joe Hendry. He's another one. I've been watching. Josh Alexander. Man, I am a Josh Alexander dick writer. Like, I don't even care. Like, that dude is so good. He is literally... Josh Alexander, as far as I'm concerned, is on the level of literally, ev- like, literally, like, the past five, like, other than Roman, because he's, like, a different conversation, but, like, the past, like, five, like, WWE champions, Josh Alexander is on their level. Like, he is on Drew McIntyre's level. He is on Bobby Lashley's level. He's on Brock Lesnar's level, as far as I am concerned. Like, and, like, he outclasses, I think, every AEW world champion that there has been. Other than maybe Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't even think he's been champion. In my brain, there was, in my brain, there was, in my brain, there was, like, a three-month period where he was, and I don't think that actually happened, but, like, in my brain, it happened. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I don't know why my brain has decided that there was, like, a three-month period in 2022, like, where he was. But like it did. Honestly, the AEW is like all over the place. It might, it might be true. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like, can I say two? Okay, no, go ahead. Sorry. They have, like you said, like Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey has been doing nothing but getting incredible praise, like the entire time that he's Mike? been there. Like Rich Swan. Rich Swan is there. Rich Swan is so good at wrestling. Yes. And then, <laughs> on top of that, like Trent is really close to him as well. But like Mike Bailey, can I just say too? I love Mike Bailey. We went to WrestleCade, and my friends didn't really know who he was, but I was, like, he was, like, one of the people, like, and just for perspective, like, WrestleCade, everybody from, like, Hangman Adam Page to, like, the big show was at WrestleCade. Like, there was a very wide range of, like, indies, people from Impact, people from AEW, Mm -hmm. like, straight-up legends. Like, that's where I met Rikishi, and hands down the person I was the most excited to meet was Speedball Mike Bailey. <laughs> like, like I was, this is where I met Hangman, I met Mickey James, I met Rikishi, Kurt Angle was there, like, the baddies from AEW were there, Paige, Soraya was there, like, so many, like, pretty big name wrestlers were there, and I was like, I want to meet Speedball. And I literally, <laughs> swear to God, bumped into him. <laughs> like literally walking around he's walking around the same way we same way we are and i like ran into this guy and i was like oh my god you're speedball mike bailey and he was like yeah and i was like are you gonna be at your table soon and he was like yeah i'll be over there and i went over to take a picture with him 
And I'm pretty sure he like I'm if if it wasn't free, I'm pretty sure he took a picture with me for like ten dollars, even though it was like twenty five or something. Or like forty. <laughs> and I was like, Can I like I ask every wrestler that I meet for wrestling advice, like if I can. Yeah. Um like pretty much the only time I don't is if I like meet them outside of a WWE show because they tend to be like in a rush but like if I meet them in a meet and greet setting I'll tend to ask and he was like god like do you have 30 minutes he's like I can talk I can give you an hour's worth of wrestling speedball Mike Bailey do you want to be on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) he literally was like I don't think you want me to do that because I won't stop talking and I was like you are literally speedball Mike Bailey I will listen to you talk I I don't give a fuck about the rest of this convention you want to just go to another room and just talk about wrestling and then like like the next day there was like um so WrestlePaint is like a big convention weekend if you have the means try to go to it it's in north carolina um and it's super fun and great but like they had a, a women all women's show called ladies night out and we got there late so there were no more seats so my friends and i were just standing on the back row and standing next to us was speedball mike bailey yuya was yo-yo was standing next to me if you watch dpw literally yo-yo was standing next to me standing next to yo-yo was speedball mike bailey standing next to him was mike and maria canellis <laughs> and literally as I'm like watching we're watching this show trying to pretend we're not standing next to like literally four of the best wrestlers on the planet right now and like literally I hear Speedball Mike Bailey breaking down each match as it's happening like him and Yo-Ya are literally like having a conversation about like match structure and like how certain moves like why they made sense in certain places in each match like literally for an hour of this fucking show like Speedball Mike Bailey he's so good he's so great also too when i was talking to him like i didn't i don't know where i was just so like focused like i'm talking to speedball i did not realize that like i want to say leva bates is it leva bates or veda scott that he's married to um do not know off the top of my head hold on let me look really super fast it's veda scott i think but like literally she was at his table with him and like as i'm talking to him asking him for wrestling advice she's like such a great woman she's like you know he has a twitch like she's like he has a twitch where he like breaks down matches and like all of this stuff so yeah i don't know that was my experience meeting him and he's like the greatest person ever if you don't know who speedball mike bailey is get into him because he's so smart and he has such a good perspective on wrestling um and i really hope he gets to wrestle trinity and I wish him best of luck in, uh, I think he's in best of the Super Juniors this year, so Ooh. I wish him the best of luck in that. Um, it was it was best of the Super Juniors or it was G1. I think it was best of the Super Juniors. Either way. Um, but yeah, but like, but like, Impact Wrestling, like, their legends actually do wrestle, and they wrestle pretty well. Like, they have a hardcore division, they have hardcore matches that are pretty great, but not overdone and overused, and... Literally, this is why I'm so sad that uh, Big Kaz isn't working for Impact anymore, because Impact is the only company that I can think of that knows how to consistently book big men as big men. Like, if you want this, that classic, like, big hoss fight fucking match, Impact is where you go for that. Because they do not try and present it as anything but. These are big men. They are believers in big, meaty men slapping meat. You know what I mean? Like, they believe in that. But if we're talking specifically about the women, here is liter- here is all of their women currently on their roster at this moment. Alicia, 
Let me see. Deanna Perrazzo, Gail Kim is still listed, Giselle Shaw, Jessica Havoc, Jody Threat, um, Jordan Grace, Killer Kelly, Kylan King, Dude, Mickey Killer James, Kelly. Masha Slamovich is on there. Masha Slamovich is so fucking good. Rosemary is on there. Savannah Evans, Sue Young, Tasha Steeles, Taylor Wilde. Like, those are, like, it's not a huge division, but, like, literally the amount... Because, like, the thing is, is, like, they just let their women, like, wrestle. And they let them main event shows. Like, the match for the vacated Knockouts title main evented a show, like, the like two weeks ago. Like, um... Like, I think... So... And also it was Jordan Grace versus Deanna Perrazzo and it's really good and if you get a chance to watch it, you should. <laughs> yeah. um, in like her interview, she did a quick little four or five minute interview with NBC, but Trinity said, like they asked, why'd you choose Impact? And she said, because they have like a really great women's division and they always have. And I think that like, if you don't, if you haven't been paying attention or if you don't like care for Impact or to like see it outside of WWE and all that, you wouldn't know that. And I'm not saying that in, like, a, like, a, you know, fucking, like, prissy, like, oh, like, elitist way, but, like, I guess just in terms of, like, knowing about things before you comment on them, I guess, mm-hmm. it, which is always my biggest critique of, like, WWE-centric fans, because I'm not one of those people who thinks that it's bad to only watch WWE, like, we've talked about this before, Mm-hmm. There's things in terms of, like, accessibility, and just in terms of... I actually like, don't think we ever did all our episode on accessibility. I, yeah, we never we never did our episode on it, but I, I feel like it's come up a good couple yeah. of times, like, in conversation, and we've definitely talked about it amongst each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, accessibility, and there's all these factors that go into, I don't think I'm better than you because you only watch WWE, mm-hmm. and I watch, you know, everything that I watch, right? But... At the same time, the thing that I do understand about the, like, the critique, I do understand um, that non-WWE watchers tend to give WWE watchers is that a lot of WWE watchers think that they kind of have the, like, the ability to comment on everything wrestling-wise without actually consuming or researching it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a very strong example of that. Like, I understand, like, people being like, well you think somebody of Trinity's caliber is going to want to go to the biggest, like, the big name place. But, like, even, like, when Mercedes left and people were, like, expecting her to go, like, automatically to AEW, which they expect everybody to go to AEW, one of the main reasons why I didn't want Trinity or Mercedes to go to AEW is because I'm sorry, I think the AEW women's division has a lot of potential and I think that those women are good for working with each other. But when you wrestle at the level that Mercedes and Trinity level wrestle at, I want to see them wrestle women who are at that level or better. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what's going to produce good. They don't gain any. They would not gain anything from being in AEW. They just wouldn't. And like, there's nobody in AEW. I'm sorry. There's nobody in AEW. I want to see Trinity wrestle. A lot of people, you just want to see. You want to see her wrestle Jade Cargill. I'm here to tell you now. Not that that would be a bad thing, but you only want to see it because they're both black. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Other than that, there's if Jade Cargill was white, nobody would be. Which actually, can I just Jade say, Cargill. like, I don't even think it's just because they're both black. I think it's just because they're both black and prominently known. Because I don't think that anybody cares if. We're good. Sorry, yet again, technical difficulties, it's gonna happen. Um, but anyway, um, 
I think it's less that they're just both black, and I think it's the... So, sorry guys, it is just all over the place today. But, um, I think it's that they're both black and prominently known. Because, like, I don't yeah. think that anybody's gonna be like, oh, uh, like, nobody is, like, wanting, like, Tasha Steeles to right, wrestle right, right. Naomi, you know what I mean? It's just because Jade Cargill was so heavily presented, and Naomi, uh, was so prominent, and... Uh, well-known in WWE, but, like, I do think that is a big part of it. It's, like, they want that, like, big money match between... Yeah. Which, I mean, I think says a positive trend about wrestling fans as a whole. (laughs) I mean, and then, but here's the thing with that, too, is, like, that kind of goes to show the problem with so many of these wrestlers just choosing automatically to go to AEW just because. It's because, like, I feel like we've seen that trend happen with all the people who have, like, popped up there is that they get that one big name match yep. that people may have been expecting and then they kind of fade into like not necessarily obscurity but they fade into like not really doing anything of significance be- like beyond like, that it's like okay she gets that match with jade cargill you know maybe she goes and does something with soraya because they were both in wwe maybe she goes and does something with Britt baker and it's not going to be as good as people think it's going to be but like beyond that like what is there for her to do it's nothing there's nothing there do you want to see trinity versus anna J? right like do you want that do you want to see trinity versus tay mello like no you don't <laughs> you, you don't there's nothing of significance to be gained from that Mm -hmm. and like i know that people may think that same argument could be made with impact but again like i said like you said like you said the impact division may be small but i think they have a strong women's division i want to see trinity versus masha sandovich i want to see trinity versus killer kelly i actually want to see trinity versus diana Parazzo and jordan grace because those women are all so different but also they're solid wrestlers on her level i mean because that's the other thing out of her it's like it's it's not even that like they have it's not even just they have a small division it's that they have a diverse division when it comes to actual wrestling styles and personas it's that they have a better booked women's division because yeah. like i'm sorry the wwe women's division and the aew's women's division just fucking suck in comparison like they yeah, do they suck and it's partially like i think more so like for AEW, and it's not because of the wrestlers it's because yeah, of the booking I, mean, I was i was gonna partially blame the wrestlers with AEW. because <laughs> but like my critique with AEW is like i think that they have so many new wrestlers and developing wrestlers mm-hmm. like like Jade Cargill, she's very, like, well-presented, but Jade Cargill also has only been wrestling for, what, like, two years? Mm-hmm. You know, she still has so much to learn in terms Excuse of being me. a wrestler. The same thing with, like, Anna Jay and, like, like a lot of the girls that they have over there who are, like, they have potential, but, like, again, unless, and which then goes back on AEW, like, in terms of the booking, like you said, which my with this was my big critique too with Mercedes going there and why I've been saying from the beginning that would be a huge waste of time for Mercedes unless they're actually planning on putting effort into the women's division and letting them take it somewhere that is complete and utter waste of time like because they don't gain anything from trying to bring up these girls with potential I, if they're not going to actually put the effort into booking them properly can I just say with Sasha with Mercedes and her going to AEW like I know exactly how that would go down. You know what I mean? Like, literally, all that it would be is, like, 
she goes to AEW, she gets a title shot, she beats Jade's undefeated streak, because you know if they would put that on anyone, it would be Mercedes. So she's the champion now, and then she has a feud with fucking Soraya, and they do that whole, like, oh, well, you broke my neck, and you're a bitch, and all that. And then, like, she finally, and then, like, she beats Soraya, and then she finally has a fucking match with Britt Baker, and everyone's like, oh, this is the real big money match in the women's division, and then it sucks because Britt Baker can't wrestle on Mercedes' fucking level. No, 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 that's not true. The match is gonna be great, because... Mercedes isn't going to go out there and have a bad match. She, they're going to have a great match, but everybody's going to use that match as an excuse as to why Britt Baker is just so amazing. And see, everybody was wrong. Britt Baker actually isn't mid. She's actually a phenomenal wrestler because she just had an amazing match with Mercedes, who it is pretty much impossible to have a bad match with. See, I don't think That's it's impossible to have a bad match with Mercedes because there have been Sasha Banks matches that I did not enjoy and that I did not think were great. There have been quite a few. You can guess who the actual fault of that lies at. Um, but uh, it's an, it's a fault with an Irish accent. That's all I'll say. Um, but, like, I just I don't think that she can wrestle at Mercedes' level. I don't think that any of the girls that they have can, can wrestle at Mercedes' level. But the I thing is, maybe, like... Maybe Ruby. Maybe they Ruby. pushed out all... They put and the thing is, is like all the solid wrestlers they actually have had, they pushed away. Thunder Rosa, even yeah, she's God, to come back. God, Thunder Rosa, Swole, like the actual solid legit. Thunder Rosa, just go to Impact. Back. Just go, to, please, God. No, just, for real, like please, at this point, like, fuck, like fuck they'll it. treat you better, like, and because that's the thing is, like, also Impact has a fairly their roster tends to fluctuate and. Mm-hmm roll through pretty often like you get new people and some people leave you get new people you get people that are just there for like one or two matches i know lady frost does a match with impact every now and then um uh of valkyrie will yeah. sign there for a little while then go and then sign back and all that and like yeah it's just like you have so much more of an option to do so much more with so many more people and like there are people, like, I, Deanna Perrazzo, I think 100% could keep up with Trinity in a match. I think she is good enough to do that. And, yeah. like, I think that Jordan Grace is, I don't think she is a excellent wrestler in the same way that Trinity is, but she is an excellent wrestler in the way that she is. And yeah. I think that that would be a good match. That is the classic power versus speed match, you know what I mean? Like... Her and Masha would have a great match, and her and Killer Kelly would have a great match. If Mickey James ends up coming back to Impact when she's healed from her injury, her and Naomi would have a great match. Like, that's the thing. Like, on topic of Mickey James as well, like, in terms of like what Trin went through in WWE, like, I think her being with in a division that has Mickey James and Gail Kim as the influences is really important mm-hmm. because I don't that think I don't think that there's anybody at AEW who has that voice and cuz again AEW doesn't really have a great track record of treating black women or really women of color in general like with respect again as you can literally see with what's going on with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa right now like that shit just pisses me off 
Yeah, it's like I would much rather literally Trinity coming out of a company where she was racially abused and pushed out. I I I'm much more comfortable being her being with somebody like Mickey and Gail Kim. Gail Kim, who is very vocal about like racism, even though she did stand up for Tessa Blanchard, but like you know she's willing to like call it out when she sees it for the most part and you know the same thing for mickey where mickey is just always there to stand up for women you know Mm -hmm. like which it shows you why impact has such a strong women's division it's because you have people like gail kim and mickey james who are there to be a voice for the girls there and like actually make sure they're booked the way that women should be booked you have women's voices in positions of power in that company Mm -hmm. where that is not the case in aew or at the very least the women who do have a voice there use it very selfishly because they're very self-centered and like white centered you know yeah and i mean like that's the other thing and that's what i mean when i say that like when i say that impact has a better booked women's division that's a big part of it and that's also a large part of what i mean when i say that they have a more prestigious women's division Mm -hmm. Because their women's division isn't just that. Like, their women's division is allowed to go after the X Division title. They're Mm -hmm. allowed to go after the world title. Like, they are not confined to a small space. Like, because Impact, for a long time, has held this very staunch, like, in their, like, code of beliefs that the women competitors are every bit as good as the male competitors, and there's no reason. Like, it is good to, like... Like, you would have, like, a cruiserweight title, you know what I mean? To have a title for a specific division with certain restrictions Mm -hmm. on it, but that doesn't mean that those people have to just stick to that, you know what I mean? Like, the women don't have to just stick to the women's title. And, And but they book their women's title so prestigiously that they also want that title. Like, it is not just, like, because, like, I'm sorry, like, for the most part, the past, like, I, it's forever in WWE. Like, there have been a handful of times where I was like, this is a prestigious title when it comes to their women's titles. Like, right. I would say right now, the Raw women's title, well, I guess not anymore since Bianca's not going to yeah. be Raw women's champion, but Bianca's title run as is, is Raw women's champion, that I think is a good example of one of the only times that I can think that this title has been prestigious. And I think that it only becomes more prestigious is if something like Bianca beating Roman happens. You know what I mean? Because I think that brings another class of competition to it. I think that shows that, like, these women who have held this title are, like, they can go after anything and they can do anything. And I think that that's the thing that AEW and WWE are both missing, is this idea that women can do anything. And in Impact, their position has been, again, for a long time, that women can do anything. And that, like, there is no reason that your gender has to hold you back from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And I think that, and, like, because people, and again, because people are just clowning on Impact this whole fucking time. And I'm like, I, if you watched it, you would not do that. And if you care about women's wrestling, you should be watching it. There is, like, find a way to fucking pirate it. Like, it's not that hard. Figure out a way. That, so, like, that, like, that's what what I was saying earlier, too. Like, if you have a complaint about the audience size or about who, about the amount of people watching, increase the number. 
Like, you cannot complain. And this is what I say about wrestling fans all the time. You have to put your money where your mouth is because talking shit on Twitter does not actually mean anything in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say all day long how much you hate a wrestler on Twitter, but I guarantee you go to a live show and that's not the case. You, If you go buy it online, people hate the Usos. People hate Matt Riddle. People hate Austin Theory. People hate, like, all these wrestlers. You go to a show and they're getting, like, some of the biggest pops of the night. Everybody's wearing their shirts. You know what I mean? Like, that's what actually matters. And I'm not saying that to defend any of those wrestlers. That's literally just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. So... If you feel like, oh my god, Trinity should be wrestling in front of a bigger audience, go be a part of the audience. Like, Impact, they may not travel as much as AEW or WWE does, but they travel. They're going to be in Canada. Their next show, Resurgence, I think it's called, or something like that, is going to be in Canada. They're in Chicago, like, right now. They're in Chicago to now, literally filming. They're going to be um, in Atlanta for a show in June. Like, the same way you find out about an AEW or WWE show... Go to the shows and see these wrestlers, see, mm-hmm. or to see Trinity if that's what you want to see. But like, don't sit here and be like, "There's only five people in the audience." Go make the number six. Take a friend, make it seven. You know, like that's that's what you do. That's what your job is as a wrestling fan is to be a part of the audience instead of worrying about. And then even too, like um, somebody made a really really good point with that as far as the whole audience size thing goes. They're like. Trinity has spent the last 12 years of her career, literally, like, she came into WWE not knowing anything about wrestling, but, like, pretty much since the start of her career, she's been wrestling in front of tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Like, she's performed at WrestleMania. She's wrestled in front of 100,000 people. She's wrestled in front of 80,000 people. What difference do you think it makes to her, like, seriously, at this point, once she's already experienced that? Like, Also, like... She- Sorry, can I... No, you go, you go, you go. I was gonna say, it's almost like she actually gives a shit about wrestling, and she's not just there... See, that's exactly what I was about to say, because this was... Because I said this the other day, and I felt kind of mean saying this, but I was like, the people who wrestle at Impact do it because they love wrestling. Like, Like, because that, and like... And this isn't to say that, like, people in AEW or WWE don't. I think, of course, they do. But, like, the fact that people in Impact, especially some of their long-haul people, like Mickey James, like Josh Alexander, like Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, like Chris, like Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, so many of these people have been wrestling in Impact for years now. And the reason that they are wrestling in Impact is because that place cares about wrestling more than they care mm-hmm. about being a huge company and, you know, putting on shows in front of thousands of people or tens of thousands of people. They care about wrestling. They want to put on and good wrestling and they get disrespected for it constantly. And it's and fucking it's so, stupid. It's stupid and it's ironic because it's like, it's this weird, it's this weird inverse thing where when wrestlers go to WWE, like... Like, for example, Ronda Rousey. One of the biggest critiques, like, people outside of WWE get when they come to WWE, like Ronda Rousey and Logan Paul did, is that they don't actually care about wrestling because they're coming into WWE just to do it and get a paycheck when there's men and women in wrestling who have been wrestling in front of audiences that are, like, 12 people, 24 people, 30 people, 50 people in hopes of making it to that big stage one day and some of them never do and they really do care about this whereas ronda rousey logan paul etc etc could just kind of come in and get that big audience despite not having worked for it and yet somehow you don't see it inversely as somebody who's willing to leave behind an audience of 
you know, 50,000 people mm-hmm. to go wrestle in front, in front of an audience of 50 people, and that shows that they really do care about this. Especially for Naomi, as somebody who is a homegrown WWE talent. She's not, she never worked the indies. She didn't have to do that. She, uh, she auditioned, she tried out, she got that job, and came into this and grew a passion for it, you know? And that passion is so strong that she's willing to essentially do her career in reverse and go right and also like have they considered that maybe she just wants this experience of working in smaller or different promotions like maybe trinity just wants to work in a smaller promotion or independent promotions and she just wants to get that experience because that's a good thing to do which is like i think the point the person who said that was maya i don't know her ad off the top of my head but i know her name is maya but i think that's the point maya was trying to make in her tweet and saying like she's already wrestled in front of eighty thousand people she's already wrestled in front of a hundred thousand people she doesn't need that to drive her because mm-hmm. she's already done that you know she's clearly like is it so far-fetched to believe that she just it doesn't matter that doesn't matter to her it doesn't mean anything really especially when she's done that for 12 years to like no avail in terms of like getting what she wanted out of wwe and being actually fulfilled you know like clearly and i think that's the big thing but with her and mercedes people have been like perplexed like i saw like a story of like somebody talking about stardom and it was like everyone in stardom was saying about how like happy and nice mercedes was and how she like didn't like act big league and how she didn't like come show up acting like she was like better than them or anything mm-hmm. like that because she'd come from america or because she'd come from wwe and like she was actually like really humble and it's kind of like it's almost like you know she's in a more happy and fulfilling place and that she never was a big league bitch it's just that wwe was treating her like she was less than who she was and now that she's in a space where she's at she's being treated with literally the bare minimum respect that she is completely fine to show up and be happy to be there like like when it comes to like her and when it comes to like both mercedes and trinity i think to some degree it's that but also like i think both of them are like smart enough to realize that like when you come to a new place especially like in mercedes case like going to a place that is so different that like the only way you're going to succeed is by ingratiating yourself into the culture and the group of people that you're around because like mercedes like as much as she like talks up her character you know and as much as she genuinely believes that she is a, a huge star and, which, I mean, she's proven, you know what I mean? She has every right to believe that about herself. But as much confidence as she has, I don't think I have ever imagined her to be the kind of person where that confidence comes out as, like, being a bitch. You know what I no. mean? Like, she has always... Because we were talking a little bit about this before we even started recording. I don't think she is the kind of person who it is her goal in life to step on everybody to get to the top. Like, I think her goal is just to prove herself so much that you exactly. can't deny it. And then also, like, not be a dick to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, and, like, people are always surprised. Because I've, like, obviously, I've, I've had not I've met Mercedes t- twice, and I've met Trinity twice. And, like, obviously, I don't know them personally. But, like, people are always shocked to hear that Mercedes is one of the nicest wrestlers that I've ever met. Every single time people hear that, 
they're like wait she's nice and i'm like yeah she's super fucking nice like she's super sweet she carries herself like a star she carries herself like a big deal but when you interact with her she doesn't treat you like i'm a celebrity and you're beneath Mm -hmm. me like she interacts with you like she interacts with any other normal human being and so i say that to say i feel like people have this far-fetched idea of mercedes that she is actually like at her core just a human being who loves wrestling and what drives her isn't even like her character is that she's the boss she's the ceo so of course she's gonna pop her shit but mm-hmm. at the same time like what drives mercedes varnado as a person and as a wrestler is the fact that she just really gives a fuck about wrestling Mm -hmm. and she's really passionate about it and also she has a lot of respect for the sport she's a student of the game you know like she of course she's gonna go to japan and not act like an ass because she respects japanese wrestling Mm -hmm. and she's at the end of the day as much as she knows about wrestling she's also there to learn she's also there to like like collaborate and be a creative with these other creatives and learn what they know and teach them what she knows and make each other better and she's that's literally again like if you listen to people speak and stop just going off of what dirt sheets say which is he said she said like actually listen to what people have to say about themselves and about the people around them then you would know that like that's always who mercedes has always been as well as as well as trinity like that's always what both of those women have been about like people in terms of like the whole walkout thing like so many i've seen so many people try to make it an ego thing and i'm like if you know anything about either of those women that's so far from the truth because both of them have such a long proven track record you can look it up the proof is all there in speaking up for everybody never just themselves like when i remember in early 2019 when like everything and everybody in the whole world was so focused on Becky but also Ronda and Charlotte and like to the point where the Smackdown women like the entire Smackdown women's division was thrown to the back burner to the side because they were so focused on this like triple threat storyline between these three white women that like their matches were getting canceled their segments were getting canceled and it's so crazy that now anytime something happens with the women it's Roman's fault but back then it was completely and utterly okay to throw away entire segments throw away entire matches they were getting cut weekly in order for more focus to be on Charlotte Becky and Ronda and the only person the only person in the entire Smackdown women's division who was vocal about that was Naomi and she got ripped apart for that. She was called ungrateful. She was called all every name in the book. It got, literally people were calling her racial slurs on Twitter because she was standing up for everybody. The same thing with Mercedes. So it's kind of like, if you know who the, these women are and you know what they stand for and like what led up to that moment of them walking out, you understand why both of them are so much more happy where they are now. Like getting to be someplace where they are valued and respected and also getting to actually do what they love like actually getting to like not it's not about attention it's not about them having championships it's not about titles it's literally just about them actually getting to go out there and wrestle and be presented as legitimate competitors like you said like as far as impact goes they're not they're not just presented as like oh these are the girls that we have it's like these women can do anything mm-hmm. and they are just legitimate competitors as much as WWE tries to pretend that they feel that way with oh all of our superstars are superstars you know 
Impact actually does do that through their actions, mm-hmm. not just through marketing verbiage, you know? If like, w- I firmly believe that if WWE still felt like they could get away with it, they would still be having, like, broad panties matches. Oh, one You know what I mean? Like, because they still try to, like, slip shit like that in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, they still, they still try to, like, even with, like, the whole lawsuit thing that's come out, it's like... People try to act like all these offensive attitude era things are like a thing of the past, but it's like they had like a writer who talked them out of doing a drag segment, but in 2018 they had three black guys dress up like Bobby Lashley's sisters. Yeah. Like, which was <laughs> horribly offensive on multiple fronts. On multiple levels, but it's like people are like, oh yeah, they are not doing things any like that anymore, but it's like they're definitely still trying to. because they're just looking at whatever target is acceptable yeah and whoever's gonna let them whoever's gonna not say don't do that yeah like like, literally like in terms of bianca belair saying i've told kevin dunn three times i'm not saying that that makes me look a way that it's that is not who i am she shouldn't have to fucking do that and as much as bianca belair has like bianca belair is like a college graduated educated like very well-spoken like black woman and you want her to go out there and be this caricature of of a stereotype instead of just allowing her to be who she is which by the way is working for her and Bianca balances out she doesn't have to be um like the picture perfect like black person in terms of like whitewashed she can still be like use AAVE and be herself well see I think that's the difference between like her being authentically black versus her being written as a black person if that makes sense which is my point in terms of she can still appeal to a black audience without being a stereotype and it's clearly working for her so why are you still trying to force a stereotype on her and it's like like, and it's and it's insane to me because like i am a sasha respecter but like i i hate on her for fun you know what i mean just because i think that she's because i know she's the kind of person that like the character of sasha banks and mercedes monet i do not like that kind of person you know what i mean but like mercedes renato despite her terrible taste in husbands like i think she is genuinely a pretty nice person i think she tries to do the right thing and i think that she is one of those people who gets a lot of shit for the right things that she has done like when it like in 2019 when like with the titles thing and everyone was like oh she was crying and screaming on the floor and like she wasn't you know like we all know that and then when she walked out with trinity like people being like oh she's she's running and screaming on the floor again and uh doing all and like acting like she had no right to feel this way and it's ridiculous to me because even as someone who like pretty consistently like just doesn't like her even i'm like no she had a right to do that because consistently she because like because people will be like oh but she she main evented wrestlemania and she had had all these firsts and was a history maker and won all these titles and i'm like okay but how was she booked other than that like how was she treated how was she because treated in the narrative? Like the same people, the same people will use like will say that and then turn around and make fun of her and be like, "Well, she does. She never defended a title successfully." It's like the same things y'all use to like de- like to deplete her accomplishments and make her seem like she's not who she is. 
are the same things that you try to like turn around and make it seem like she's been treated fairly in her Which, whole career. It can't both be true. Like, and that's interesting because that speaks to a wider. So, like, this is like I am not saying like this is not like a one to one equivalent, but like it's so funny that you phrase it like that because not too long ago someone wrote out that um, fascists. Uh, their whole their whole point of view and their whole philosophy about the world is that the enemy must both be the most powerful entity on the planet and also must be weak and defeatable and that they themselves must be the most oppressed people on the planet while also being the most powerful and the most like righteous you know what i mean and i feel like that attitude boils down to so many different ways of like whenever people are, like, hating on somebody or bullying somebody, their whole thing is that, like, that person must also, must be two different things at once that completely contradict each other. Like, I think right. that you see that all across, like, social interactions. And you see it in cases like this, when people want there to be, like... Because you see it in politics all the time. You see it in media all the time. Like, um like with the amber heard and johnny depp trial like people were like oh amber heard planned all this but she's also just a stupid bitch you know what i mean like right. there's like you can't escape it like there is always that people have to be these two contradicting things because then you can say whatever you want about them and you're always right so people want sasha to people want mercedes both of those things to be true about her because then they can just say whatever they want and they're always going to be right. And right. it's super frustrating because, like, the reality is, you know, is that Mercedes was given a lot of title runs and a lot of history-making moments. But at the same time, the narrative and the booking itself did not respect her. And the way that she was booked did not reflect the actual talent that she has and what she brings to the sport. And, like, it's, like, both of these things can be true at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. Yes, she can be... Yes, she was generally pretty successful in WWE. But at the same time, she very clearly was not someone that they viewed as, like, a long-term champion. You know what I mean? Like, she wasn't in that spot. And you see it even, like... And honestly, the stupid thing about how people treat Trinity is that she doesn't even get that. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, I remember one time. This was one of the times that I... I have never been more mad at wrestling fans. But I there was one time in the comments of a Cage Side Seats article where I said just wholeheartedly that I believed that two of the best wrestlers... And this was in, like, 2019, maybe? I said that I thought the two best female professional wrestlers on the planet were Asuka and Naomi. And I a lot still believe that. <laughs> um, uh, except now Bianca is also there. Um, but I, I do genuinely believe that Asuka and, and Trinity are two of the best to ever do it. And I have never had so many fucking people come and tell me that I was fucking delusional, that I was stupid, that I must not actually like wrestling, that 
I, like, that I just, like, and it was just insults. It was personal insults. Because people could not believe they, that I wasn't saying after, that... I It's crazy. They will literally go after your intelligence as it pertains to... It's, like, especially, like, a lot of women when it comes to women from the Divas era, but especially Naomi. Like, and because that, what has happened to you has happened to me, too. I, it's so crazy. People are like, why would she go to Impact except and not stardom? When I remember saying years ago that she would thrive in stardom because she actually can wrestle at the level of those girls and at their pace. And people told me that I was stupid. And I'm like, you don't even watch stardom. I watch stardom. And I know what I'm talking about. She wrestles just like them. Like, but these people... Like, when I tell you these people were so fucking mad. Like, they like they were like, I could cop to- They were like, I can cop to Asuka, but Naomi? She fucking sucks. She doesn't get, like, any- And, like, because a lot of the arguments for it were- Was that, um... Well, if she was so good, why wouldn't she have any titles? And then these same fucking people would be like, Uh, Dean Ambrose is the best wrestler on the face of the planet. Or, uh, Ricochet is, like, so underrated, or Cesaro is so underutilized, or Mustafa Ali is so underused, and, like, there was no comprehension. There was no self-awareness. At all. Of people being, like, of people saying, like, well, they think that, like, Ricochet is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and the WWE doesn't respect him enough, because they won't put him, they won't put titles on him, they won't give him those spots but then when you say that Naomi is one of the best wrestlers ever then they're like that's fucking bullshit she fucking sucks and like there's just there's it never clicks in their head like it never clicks in these people's fucking head that they are just like and like I think mostly that it's just they don't like black women but like well they don't like dark skinned black women I'll correct myself there So can we, like, use that as a segue to discuss the other thing that we were kind of talking about Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, before we started recording, but, like, the Mercedes stands. Listen, and before I say everything that I'm about to say, (laughs) this does not imply, this does not apply to Mercedes herself, because part of my issue with this is that Mercedes does not act like this herself. Like, this is just purely her fan base, and... And I felt this way for a long time because I've seen them do this to Naomi for years. Literally any time it seemed, even whether it was reality or like self-produced in their own heads, whenever it seemed that anything would come down to Mercedes and Trinity, it got real, real nasty towards Trinity. And clearly like this is a woman who not just after this walkout, situation this is somebody who who mercedes from the very beginning of her career in wwe has noted as like somebody who has been there for her who she literally sees as family she sees this woman like a sister she literally said like when she came onto the main roster from nxt the women's division the women's locker room was not like how it is now where all those girls are friends and they all love each other they're all there for each other it's very like cutthroat there's only room for so many of us to have time on tv so we're going to be really like mean and nasty to each other because we're all fighting for minimal space and they were not nice to her like they weren't nice to any of the new girls but they were not nice to mercedes and the people 
slash person who protected her was Tamina and Naomi. And that is why to this day, the besides Bailey, the people that you see Mercedes with are Naomi and Tamina. Like they have actually formed a genuine bond and a genuine sisterhood. So it is very disheartening to me to see that Sasha slash Mercedes fans have seen these two women go through something together and instead of supporting somebody who their favorite wrestler supports so much and loves so much y'all take it upon yourselves to attack this woman and compare her to Mercedes and try to act like she's somehow less than Mercedes it's just very very weird to me like and then too like Honey also mentioned before we started recording as well I think which is a great point in that it seems as though people just expect Trinity to, like, follow Mercedes around and, like, be some sort of just, like, sidekick to her as if she's also not a tenured veteran who has goals and desires of her own. You know, I feel like that was also part of the whole, like, why the fuck is she going to impact thing? Because I feel like people just assumed she'd go wherever Mercedes went. And like, don't get me wrong, because I also really would love to see Trinity and stardom. And I don't think that that's out of the question with her being an impact. Because again, if y'all actually knew anything about impact, you know that like impact is not selfish with their wrestlers. They're not like WWE or even like a little bit AEW in that their wrestlers are their wrestlers and they can't go anywhere else and do anything else. Like, it's not like that. I, like I mentioned earlier, like, Kylan King, Savannah Evans, I've seen them both wrestle many times because they wrestle here, like, where I live locally. Like, a lot of them do. Um, and so that's another reason why this is actually a smart move for, for Trinity because her, her like, opportunities aren't limited. You know, her, there are still, like, space and there's still space and opportunity for her to go out and do other things that she wants to do, you know, in terms of, like, being a wrestler and outside of wrestling as well if she desires to do that but like back to the mercedes thing i feel like a lot of y'all just expected her to just do whatever mercedes does and i also feel like a lot of y'all seem to have this idea that mercedes is somehow above her in some way shape or form that's just not true and i think it's so disrespectful to her and mercedes to like represent to represent Mercedes that way. Because again, Mercedes is not like that. And she never has been. Mercedes, especially towards other black women. And I feel like the reason why a lot of Mercedes fans act like that is because a lot of y'all aren't black women. Um, and that's really just the reality of it. Like Mercedes has a pretty mixed fan base, I think compared to Trinity. And whenever the time go comes, y'all think because you're a fan of Mercedes, you're a fan of a black woman, that that means that you have the agency to come after and tear down other black women whenever you think that they're threatening to or that they're like in competition with Mercedes in her role within wrestling, especially being kind of like the Michael Jordan, the Beyonce, whatever you want to call her. I like to think of Mercedes as the Nicki Minaj of wrestling, like, however you see her. Y'all think anybody's coming for that spot, you immediately go after them and tear them down. And it becomes very apparent that y'all especially do this to other Black women. Like, I've seen y'all do it to Bianca, and I've seen y'all do it to Naomi for years. And people are, like, for some reason, they're still doing it. The main people I see complaining about Trinity and her choices are Mercedes fans. And it's really, really weird. Like, I just don't, I don't understand that. And I think that there should be a little bit more respect for Trinity 
in terms of her decisions and what she chooses to do because at the end of the day Mercedes supports her and she supports Mercedes and they clearly and they're clearly in this together and like not saying that you need to be a fan of Naomi you need to be a fan of Trinity just because Mercedes is close to her but at the same time don't sit there and disrespect her because you think that you're doing something for Mercedes you're not and that's my end that's the end of my rant on that yeah no 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 I I mean I can't even add much to it because I, yeah I mean it's and I mean as you know a white person I feel like I can't speak specifically to all of those issues but like it's impossible to not see the difference in how Trinity gets treated versus how uh, Mercedes gets treated. You know what I mean? And even, like, expanding that to other, like, other black women wrestlers that I've seen get treated in weird ways. Because I remember Ember Moon always got a little bit more shit than a lot of other people. And whereas, like... And, and, like, God, you want to extend it back even farther in the day. Like, Jazz and Jacqueline. Like, Jacqueline especially. Like, people always had weird shit to say about Miss Jackie. And I'm just like... It's 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 all just that you just don't like dark-skinned black women. You know, that's all it ever came yeah, down to. It, it wasn't ever down. anything based in reality, you know? And then, like, especially, like, her and Jazz. And, like, I mean, I, I don't know if it people consider jazz terribly dark-skinned i don't think i do but um like still she was still like a big strong woman she was their strong woman for a long time and like people were so fucking weird about her calling her all sorts of fucking names and comparing her to like animals and shit i'm just like y'all this is not like okay to do (laughs) you know what i mean like that's like you don't get to sit there and call this woman an animal just because she's black and she's strong like and then like honest to god i swear to god i have seen people doing the same same shit to bianca which like i also like i i also don't think bianca is terribly dark-skinned but she also still is on the receiving end of a lot of racial like like hatred you know because it's because again because she's very authentically very happily black and uh like and i'm not saying that sasha wasn't like i'm not saying that sasha like did away with her blackness or anything but like it was never like i felt like it was never a focus with her sasha's sasha's, sasha is like she's she's light-skinned she's biracial which i don't think people sasha isn't i don't know how to phrase this in a way that makes sense to probably non-black people but like Sasha isn't biracial in a way that is obviously that is obvious. I think she could pass for just a light skinned, uh, monotonous black woman, you know, mm-hmm. um, or monoracial black woman. But you know, she is light skinned, and like, in I think her fans know at the very least that she's biracial, and I think that that makes her automatically palatable for white and non-black audiences, like that's just the thing it's like that's just what colorism is you know like that's why you have the dark skin that's why they had the black dark skin slaves outside and the light skin slaves in the house because you're light skinned and you're in closer proximity to whiteness even if you are still black mm-hmm. especially more so with sasha being 
biracial, you know, like, even, like, to this day, I see people, like, say things like that about her, that, you know, you know, she's not actually black, or, you know, that she's, like, not, like, a stereotypical, quote-unquote, black person, despite mm-hmm. the fact that Sasha is has also been always very vocal about her blackness, mm-hmm. and about her connection to black culture, and about, like, like, how we were talking about earlier, like, Sasha's not necessarily, like, all pro-black like Bianca is, but she has never once been the person to try to act like she isn't yeah or to try to like downplay her accomplishments that i am an african-american woman doing xyz like you know yes but at the same time like it's just still that she's like and she has a closer proximity to whiteness than than bianca or even trinity do so of course she's going to be more palatable for a white audience but it's kind of like that sense of like if even she gets treated like that as a light-skinned biracial mm-hmm. black woman, like then, like imagine what things are like for black women who are not palatable for white audiences. And I mean, and I do think that her, I do think that her presentation did a lot for that. And I do think that them not necessarily focusing on her being black, mm-hmm. I think was I do think that it was a palatability thing, and that like audiences like specifically like the 18 to 34 white male demographic could almost ignore that she was black whereas you can't do that with bianca and you can't do that with trinity and the thing with like the thing with all of it is like even with sasha like even though they didn't focus on it it it's the same thing that racists always do where they will or oppressors really just in general will do where they will accept you as long as you are as long as they can ignore those parts about you but at the end of the day you're still gonna get ratchet chanted at you yeah like because like like, you cannot escape like if you are black you cannot escape blackness and if you're gay you cannot escape gayness you can only it can only be tolerated by like people who are racist or homophobic for so long the Sasha's ratchet chants always my entire life that I've been watching wrestling have always perplexed me because I couldn't think of a wrestler who was like a black wrestler who was farther from ratchet like and that's what shows you that it's just meant to be a racial insult like like, even because I didn't really like watch much of NXT in 2014, 2013 when it was like really really popular like what I know of NXT from that era is what I've gone back and watched but when I'd seen clips of like Sasha's Ratchet I was like okay well let me go see because you know sometimes they like give people like these characters so maybe that's why and I go back and I watch it and I'm like what? (laughs) I'm like y'all are literally you're literally just saying that because she's black because there's nothing like there was nothing about her at all that was ratchet even a little like even a little like i i don't know i don't know it is literally just pure pure racism yeah i mean that's all it ever is you know like that's all it ever is you know and i think that it kind of sucks that, like, the misogynoir that is so prevalent in wrestling, both in fans and in, like, the promotions, um, like, 
is, like, almost taboo for a lot of people to talk about. Like, unless you are someone who is sympathetic to black women or you're a black woman yourself. Because it's like... Like, we... Because, like, people will talk about, like, homophobia in wrestling or, like... I mean, you still don't see a lot of, like, the anti-Semitism talk or, like, the transphobia talk. You see a little bit more people talk about transphobia now, but even then, it's mostly just brushed off as a, you know, like, well, what do you expect? But, like, the misogynoir specifically has been such a problem for so long that you'd think by now we would be able to talk about it more openly without a bunch of people being whiny little piss babies about it but then that's just not true because the moment the moment that you like in a discussion about trinity the moment that you bring up anything having to do with the fact that she is a dark-skinned black woman people are like oh you're playing the race card you're making this about race i'm like well because it's about race you know what i mean like like it it is about that like (laughs) i remember when when the walkout first happened and i was like there is a racism aspect to this clearly and people were like telling me like no like that's there's like i remember talking about it on tiktok and people were being like even other black like black men being like no i don't think that there was actually any like racism that has to do with it i think it was really just like you know wwe just whatever like that they were just being whiny little bitches who didn't get their way and i'm like like no you just don't want to see that because it doesn't like relate to you like it, that, that's really all it is, is you can't see the other perspective of it because that's not something that you've experienced unless you're a black woman who has experienced massage noir in the workplace which ironically enough like for me having experienced something pretty similar almost a year later which resulted in me quitting my job like which can I just say like not to say I quit my job because like Sasha and Naomi quit their job but like that situation kind of did inspire me to like stand up for myself when I did go through what I went through at my last job because it helps you like as like as a marginalized person you have to have those moments of knowing like when to speak up for yourself you know and it can be very difficult to like stand up and say like hey this is my truth and this is my reality and this is like how you're treating me and I can't accept that it's very it's very difficult to do that and that's why like when that whole situation happened with them i was very like it was like a really big moment for like to me where it was like i was sad that it was happening because obviously like my two favorite wrestlers aren't going to be in wwe anymore but more than that i was like proud of them because it is hard to do that especially in a corporate setting and especially in a business that's so like like it's not always what you can do but what your rep what your reputation is and that's something that like since i've started training that i've heard multiple times like you can be the best wrestler in the world but if somebody's been in promotion longer than you and they go tell the promoter well so-and-so told me they're hard to work with and that could that that could stop you yeah you know like that whole situation could have especially with the way wwe tried so hard to get ahead of it in the beginning by like putting out a statement putting out this and talking to like all these big name publications trying to basically demonize them and make it seem like they were being unreasonable like that could have been the end of mercedes and trinity that could have been the last we saw of them in wrestling or in the entertainment industry in general 
like that could have been the end of them because that is the reality for so many black women you don't just see it in wrestling it happens in every industry you make one wrong move and all of a sudden you I have mean, this reputation i was gonna say like you don't even have to make a wrong move because like yeah. all i could think of was like uh megan the stallion yeah. being shot and i'm just like like she got shot like she had a horribly traumatizing event happen to her yeah. and everyone was like Somebody this is your person. fault you shouldn't have done that you yeah. shouldn't have been a bitch and it's like uh no you are not like it is not your fault that some dude shot at you like and that is like the reality of being a black woman is like no matter what happens even to you you can somehow come out on the other side of it being villainized which is kind of exactly what happened to sasha and naomi like john laurinitis okay i, I can't i can never remember if that was public information or not but whatever only like five people listen to this podcast anyways but like john laurinitis Said the word it's funny if this is the episode that gets like 3,000 listeners. Like, I know, right? <laughs> and the person who told me this is like, damn, Naya, you don't shut the fuck up, do you? <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, for, for John Laurinaitis to walk up to Trinity and say shut up and wrestle to her is fucking insane. Right, because like, that's what always gets me about it. Is like, how can you hear, because like... And like... The way that I see it is, like, Trinity is somebody who was in WWE for, what, 12, 14 years? A long time. She is literally, like, besides Natalia and Tamina, she is the longest tenured, well, was the longest tenured woman in the women's division at that point in time. Like, to me, she's, like, like, if you think about that in terms of the men's division, that's Roman, that's Seth, that's, like, AJ Styles, that's Kevin Owens. Do you think that John Laurinaitis would tell Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens to shut up and wrestle? Like, no. And if he did, and the response was then, oh, fuck you, I quit, you would not be demonizing any of those men for standing up for themselves and saying, I'm not taking that. Like, y'all were mad at Kevin Owens for staying in WWE because of some, like, barely shitty booking. But she's supposed to accept literal blatant disrespect in her face. Like, how does she, how do you hear that and then come out somehow on the other side of it that she's being a brat and that she's the villain of that story? Right. Like, cause, I just don't get it. Right, because, like, and specifically, that specific verbiage. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there, I, like, if that was a man saying that to another man... I would, like, unless, like, if that was a white man saying that to a black man, I would be like, well, that's got some racial implications. If it was, like, a white man saying that to a white woman, I would say that that's got, like, misogynistic implications. But, like, anybody could say that to a black woman. And I would be like, that's a problem. You know what I mean? And And that's not me trying to be like, well, black women are, like, the ultimate victims or whatever. But, like, in America, where this happened... It, you cannot escape the negative presentation of black women, and you cannot escape, if you are a black woman, you cannot escape, like, that being the attitude towards you, even, like, and again, you don't even have to do anything to get that, like, and I mean- Literally, all she did was make a suggestion- Right? Like, and the crazy part is, and like, every time I hear people try to make this, like, this is. Also, John Laurinaitis might kind of be a rapist, so, like, that 
too. Like, let's yeah. all just let's all just remember who we're talking yeah. about. You know what I mean? Again, like it's so crazy how these guys are villains when it pertains to literally everything else. But when it comes to this particular situation, we just cannot fathom that this man and others in his positions of power, like Vince and uh, Bruce Prichard, could possibly have done anything wrong. But like people too try to make this like be like like we were talking about earlier like an attitude thing as far as like oh well they yep. they you know just want titles and all of that um let's not forget Naomi was booked to win that match <laughs> so clearly and this is how I knew from the beginning of this that something was off if she was booked to win a match and somehow or another she ended up quitting the fucking company over it then maybe just maybe somebody did something wrong along the line here because who gets angry about winning something? Literally, right. all she did was make a suggestion and say, hey, this doesn't really make sense. Can we go a different avenue? And again, any other wrestler in the world makes creative suggestions. Y'all are, everybody's standing on their fucking high horse. Right, because how WWE needs to let people have creative freedom, and that's why everyone... No, because we were, talking, we were talking about this between episodes with John. Because yeah. about how, like, well, everyone was, like, fucking dick-riding him because he was like, well, I wanted to do this, this, and this, and none of this hokey shit. And, like, then, because, like, wasn't the issue, like, with Sasha and Naomi that, like, they were booked to, like, individually face champions instead of, like, yeah. BHX? Like, yeah. so they make, like, the world's most mild booking suggestion in that maybe a tag team should do tag team wrestling. Because, I mean, and then, you know, God forbid, like, the fucking, like, because when the Revival gets booked to do, Hello? you know, singles matches, it's a fucking tragedy, and everyone's like, how dare they make the Revival do fucking singles matches when they're attacking, like, gee. Literally, that's the logic when it comes to every other tagging. And then, two, like, again... Except the every- Usos, because then people are like, the U- Jay Uso can't wrestle singles matches! It's like... Which I'm also going to call racism on a little bit, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Oh, well, you know how I get when it's, like, nobody likes to have the racism conversation when it comes to the Samoans. But, like, that's a, that's an episode in and of itself. Yes, it is. But, like, <laughs> for, like, it's really all about perspective, too, when you consider the fact that going into WrestleMania, Sasha and Naomi were both supposed to have individual, like, big storylines, like, single storylines. Naomi had, as stupid as it was, Naomi did have that big storyline with Sonya. And Sasha, I believe, was supposed to be facing Charlotte, but she got injured, like, a couple weeks before Royal Rumble, and they ended up bringing back Ronda or something like that. But, like, literally both of them had their single storyline scrapped, told last minute, you guys are going to be a tag team. They did everything they could, like, okay, well, we're going to really commit ourselves to being a tag team since this is what they want us to do. Did that won the tag titles, and then we're told, okay, now you're gonna go face the singles champions, and you're gonna lose to them. And you're not gonna get to defend your titles at the next pay-per-view. Actually, for the next two pay-per-views. Like, and literally all they did was say, that doesn't really make sense, can we do something else? Right, like, it's, god, it's, and it's so frustrating, because now you have Trinity... And it comes back to that, like, you can't do anything right. Like, they want both things to be true so that they're right no matter what they say. Because the thing is, like, you have Trinity going from this big deal company to a smaller one where she's almost certainly going to be booked better and more respectfully. 
And it's like these people aren't going to care because that wasn't even their problem. Like, because now they're going to be like, oh, well, like, you're just doing this because you bitched and complained and about the good booking that you had. And then at the same time, they're going to be like, well, fine, fuck you. You didn't even matter anyway. Like, yeah. you just cannot fucking win with these people. And <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You know what I mean? And, like, it almost comes back even more down to, like, that whole, like, if you don't like somebody, like, just say that you don't like them. Like, don't try and come up with a reason for it. Because, like, if you don't like Naomi, whether it's because you just don't like her wrestling or because you're a racist dick, like, just say that you don't like her. Like, don't act like she's not talented. Don't act like she hasn't become incredibly popular. Don't act like she was the only fucking star to go viral other than, like, Roman fucking Reigns for, like, years. And... Like, it's just fucking insane to me. Like, don't act like reality isn't happening around you just because you're pissy that people like a dark-skinned black woman. And don't then go on to denigrate her for choosing to go work in a company that not only has respected women just in general, but has also been pretty respectful of black women in its past. And then be like, why would she ever think to do this? This place fucking sucks. Like... To that point, like, and this is, like, the last major point that I really have to make as it pertains to Trinity. Can we please stop insulting this woman's fucking intelligence? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. People have been doing it. Even her own friend. I'm sorry. Like, I've I've stood up for Aryan, a.k.a. Cameron, for years because I feel like she's another woman who kind of, like, has just gotten attacked because she happens to be black and feminine but like and like brown skin dark skin but like oh my god can we please stop acting like trinity is not a smart grown woman who can think and make decisions for herself and acting like she is not business savvy and acting like everything she does is either come up with for her or that is a bad decision otherwise can we stop acting like Sasha forced her to walk out of WWE as if this woman has not been disrespected on every level since 2012, probably sooner than that? Like, can we stop acting like she is an idiot who cannot think for herself? Because I've seen so many people, like, especially once she announced that she's, once it was announced she signed with Impact, being like, oh my God, look at how she screwed herself over. She followed Sasha walking out of WWE, and now look where she is. First of all, she made a conscious decision to sign an impasse. Second of all, stop acting like no other company wants wants her. That's been another thing people have been doing, is trying to act like her signing with impact means no other comp- company wanted her. Like, be fucking realistic. This is a woman who is a former champion, and scratch that. Any wrestler who has wrestled even a little bit in WWE automatically gets their, their value raised with having former WWE star in front of their name. I don't care if you had one match at WWE, any company below WWE is going to use the fuck out of that and market the fuck out of that because it it catches people's attention. Like, it does. I don't care who it is. It may be somebody you didn't even remember wrestled in WWE, but as long as they can say that they did, that automatically raises their stake and their value. So automatically, any company would want to have her based on that alone. 
Second of all, this woman is a tenured veteran. And especially when you have so many companies like AEW who have so many, like, new and upcoming wrestlers, you want somebody like Naomi in your division because she has TV experience. She's been doing this. She has big crowd experience. She knows the pressure, and she can carry any girl to a pretty decent match at any level. She is a solid wrestler. Thirdly, um, she is a part of that whole thing, you know, that's pretty big in wrestling right now called the Bloodline. Yeah, like, she's part of that family. I don't care if you don't think she is because she's only, like, married into it. If you ask any of them, she's part of their family. Oh, but Sammy ask, is a part of the bloodline. Hello? Like, if you ask, like, literally recently, I think Jacob Fatu was the one most recently to go viral for explaining the family tree. He explains her as part of the family tree, so she's a part of it. That also raises her stake because bloodline is a pretty big, like buzzword for wrestling right now Mm -hmm. like literally at every facet and every level this woman is valuable she is an asset so to sit here and act like no company wants to touch her or that nobody no company wants her so she has therefore been relegated to impact is fucking crazy like it's stupid and then also to try to sit there and insult her intelligence to say that she followed sasha as if she wasn't the one who was disrespected in the first place is crazy she made a decision based on how she was being treated and her friend and woman who they claim each other as sisters had her back and since both of them have left wwe they've been on red carpets they've both walked new york fashion week they've been extremely and vocally and publicly supportive of each other in each of their endeavors stop insulting this woman's intelligence like that's the thing above everything else that has pissed me off the most like even like again like i said even cameron like that's your friend and you're making it seem like she's some dumb bitch who just went along with something somebody else said as if she's not capable of thinking on her own and making decisions for herself and i honestly feel like not that i would have respected her less but like i feel like it would have been a little bit dumber for her to just sit there and accept what wwe was trying to give her when they were literally literally disrespecting her to her face and that's what y'all think would have been the smarter decision for her to do was to accept that and stay there and like when i met naomi in 2021 i mentioned to her that i want to wrestle with her like i wanted to wrestle her and she made a face and she said girl i don't know if i'm gonna be wrestling that long mind you in 2021 i was 19 years old and i've been training so like that's something that could happen within the next couple of years it's not like she was thinking in terms of 10 15 years but like for her to two years ago be thinking i'm not going to be wrestling much longer for her to now be talking about all the possibilities and things she wants to do with her career clearly shows that being in WWE was doing something to her passion for wrestling and to her wanting to continue to do this. And now she's in a completely different and happier place. And instead of people being happy for that happy for her in that aspect, y'all are insulting her intelligence and making her seem like she's stupid for doing what's right for her happiness and her peace. And I want to make two comparisons, just like two final like comparisons to that because number one, talking about how I and I do agree with that. I think that that's indicative of how she was feeling bogged down and how she was feeling held down and how it was a drain on her at that point um, to work in WWE under those creative conditions to to then leave that and feel a 
rejuvenation and a reinvigoration right. for the sport. Um, did not really see that many people pulling that shit with John Moxley. So, Hello. like, <laughs> you you say you miss Dean Ambrose, and that's the first thing they're gonna say to you. Well, he he was so unhappy, he was depressed. Da 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 da. They acting like you threatened to fucking shoot him in the head. Like, no, you don't get that with John Moxley at all. But I, the other comparison I wanted to make is that you use. I I do like the phrasing of being relegated to impact because that is what people are acting it's like that that is like a punishment almost and that's like well nobody else wants you so of course you're going to impact and like Kenny Omega went to impact hello <laughs> while he was on AEW like he was on AEW at the same time but he was impact world heavyweight champion I do want people to like remember that he was like, like I tweeted this, I tweeted this and you replied to it, but like when Cody left WWE in 2016, people were on his dick so bad because he was wrestling on the Indies. I remember watching Cody in WCPW. I bet some of y'all don't even know what that is. Like that's where Cody was wrestling. He was wrestling in front of like in high school gyms. He was wrestling in convention centers in front of 25 people, like smaller than Impact crowds, and he was getting praised for it. Oh my god, Cody left WWE to go because he loves wrestling so much. And he's gonna go wrestle for these unknown ass fucking promotions. Like he gets, he got praised for it. So many people have wrestled in Impact that y'all love. Like, Mickey James wrestled at Impact. Like, Bobby Lashley wrestled at Impact. Kurt Angle wrestled at Impact, even though it was TNA back then. But, like, hello? Y'all gonna seriously sit here and act like many of these major names in wrestling haven't wrestled there? Also, like, I... Like, I didn't catch if you mentioned it, but, like, Hulk Hogan was a huge part of TNA. Like... Just throwing that out there. You know what I mean? Like, it has not been... Like, AJ Styles wrestled for TNA. Yeah, AJ you know? Styles. Like, a lot of, of people... John Boxley wrestled for TNA, like, once or twice. Like, I'm just You're saying. Hello? Yeah, like, huge deals wrestled in Impact in TNA. And it is irresponsible to deny that just so that you can denigrate a black woman who... Uh, it left a company that was disrespecting her. But yeah, those are just the final two comparisons I wanted to make because of the points that you brought up. And I think it just goes to show that, like, there is nothing she can do. She is going to get treated like this by these fans. She could put on the most fucking, like, 19-star fucking classic match that is the best match that anybody has ever seen and people would still be like she fucking sucks like there is just nothing and it is so unfortunate because people are blinding themselves to an unbelievably talented performer who has an incredible amount to offer this industry all because of their own personal like prejudices and biases so that is just how things go now. <laughs> and um, I'm happy we got to talk a little bit about Trinity because this whole situation has been just kind of exceptionally stupid on every like, single possible front. For me, like, I think if you listen to this podcast, you know who I like. And, like, I don't think that there are a lot of wrestlers I get this fired up about. Like, I think it really is Trinity, a little bit Mercedes, and Jey Uso. Like, other than that, like, 
I'm pretty, like, I don't really give a fuck what you say about my favorite wrestlers. I'm gonna like them regardless. But, like, Trinity is a very, very important wrestler to me. I think so much of my passion for wrestling started with her and seeing her be successful at wrestling and be representative. Like, as a dark-skinned black woman, like, that was really important to me. And I don't think that I would be in wrestling the way that I am without her. And so, like, for that reason, like, she's always going to be somebody that I'm very passionate about and that I always feel like I want to stand up for because I think that she has done so much for me and for other people in wrestling. And also just to the fact that she's so positive and she shows so much love to everybody. Like, I can't think of a single, especially woman, especially black woman in wrestling that I have not seen her be very vocally supportive of. Like, it's kind of like, I and I'm not making this comparison because they're both black, but like, to me, she's like a woman version of like Kofi Kingston, where if you see people talk about Kofi or like really like the New Day in general, it's always so much love because they show so much love to everyone else and they're such a positive beacon of like there's such a beacon of positivity in wrestling and I think Trinity is also that and she's been that for so long which is why so many people show so much love to her within the wrestling industry and so I think that she deserves that back not just from her peers but also from fans because at the end of the day y'all will support CM Punk you'll support the Bucks you'll support Kenny you support support Cody and they're all messy as fuck they're always in drama. They're not always very Britt Baker. Like they're not always nice and respectful to their peers. You let yet you know you love them. So why can't you show at the very least the bare minimum of respect to somebody who is one of the only 100% of the time positive figures in wrestling? You know what I mean? Like 12, 14 years in her career, into her career, this is the first time this woman has had any type of controversy. You know she's always been known and like mentioned with love and positivity that's always what she stood for and she 100% like she deserves that back from people um there was one more thing I was going to say about her and I don't remember what it was now but like yeah be nice to Trinity because she's like if there's literally any I think that there are like a couple wrestlers where it's like if anybody deserves love and respect and positivity from everyone, it is her. Because this woman has literally never done anything wrong. Like, ever. Um, yeah, I think that's it because I cannot remember what the other thing is going to be. Like, well, my last, be. my last little diatribe before we wrap this up was going to be that I have been watching wrestling since about like 1999 i've been watching wrestling since i was about four years old then that's as much as i can remember at least and so i remember the little dregs of the last of the nation of domination and i remember how much of a joke all of those wrestlers were like until they were tied to something else like until Mark Henry was just off doing what he did and Farouk was tied to Bradshaw and The Rock was able to abandon his connection to blackness, 
I remember even as a kid thinking that all of these wrestlers were jokes because that's how they were presented by the narrative of the WWF. And growing up, I remember watching Booker T and Orlando Jordan and Jacqueline and Jazz and all of the black wrestlers that they had, which there weren't a lot, but I remember how often they became the butt of jokes and how often you know you would get like jazz would have a title run or jacqueline would had her short run as the cruiserweight champion so you would get these little brief moments where they got to be taken seriously and they got to be presented as athletes and champions and performers of a high caliber and then you would tune in the next week and it would just all be a joke again. Because even when Booker T was the world heavyweight champion as his King Booker gimmick, it was still just not taken seriously at all. And you would always see people with like crappy signs about them or joking about them. And... You know, as I left wrestling around 2010 um, and came back to it a few years later, I had obviously seen a change in how black people were presented, but it wasn't that much. And when I came back to wrestling, you know, almost 20 years after I started watching it, you would have thought that there would have been more of a shift, and there was, but it was not a 180. It was about three degrees. And I remember around the first few times I saw Sasha and Naomi, and I remember thinking to myself that they were just some of the most incredible performers I'd ever seen in my life. Like, especially Naomi. The first few matches I watched of hers blew my mind because I was like, I could not fathom why in the world she was not just at the top of the card every single time because she was so beyond incredible. And I remember, you know, like seeing the New Day get popular and you know obviously then it built up to Kofi Mania and it hit me around the time that Kofi Mania was happening that I was like this still sucks a lot for black people like this industry still does not respect them and does not respect black people regardless of gender and because like Kofi is popular because Kofi was popular when I stopped watching wrestling. Like Co- he Kofi was popular when I started watching wrestling yeah, in 2009. Like he has always been incredibly popular, incredibly beloved because it's hard to dislike him unless you dislike him because of the color of his skin. And I remember cuz Kofi Mania meant so much to me. You know what I mean? Um, but I remember, like, while that story was playing out, I was like, wow, this has not improved that much, you know what I mean? And then, 
you get to 2023 and you have these two black women who are unbelievably talented, who are just once in a generation performers. Um, and you have them walking out of a company that they have been carrying on their backs for quite a while. And they're walking out because nothing that they were doing was being respected in any measure. And again, it it's just being hit with the knowledge that there is still so much more improvement to do. And I mean, that goes for all marginalized people, but black people, and the reason that it's so noticeable for black people in particular is because black people have always been involved with professional wrestling. There has never been a time where they weren't. And for a long time, a lot of the most impressive performers that you would see or a lot of the most popular performers that you would see would be the black wrestlers. And no matter what era we were, we've been in, they still aren't getting respected and they still aren't getting acknowledged for their contributions. And they still aren't getting acknowledged for the work that they put in and their work is being disrespected all the way up until the fucking walkout. You know what I mean? So even as so much has improved and as we have two black women main eventing WrestleMania, a black man being WWE champion for the first time, we have unapologetically black wrestlers like Bianca Belair, you still find out that wrestlers are pitching for Apollo to be a fucking Nigerian prince or for Bianca to be a caricature. And it is a reminder that there is a constant influx of work that we have to do and that us as fans or as people who want to be a part of this industry, it is on us to do what we can to show support for, and this is regardless of what color you are, regardless of that, it is our job to show support for these people because whether or not you like Mercedes, whether or not you like Trinity, you have to believe that they should be respected for what they do and that their work should not be disrespected for all that they have done and all that they have contributed. Sacrifice and sacrificed because there has been because like wrestling is an extremely difficult industry to be a marginalized person in and trinity in particular because that's who this episode is about trinity in particular came into wrestling at a time where women regardless of what color they were were not respected they did not give a fuck about those women and then the tide starts to turn and you have not and you have trinity there holding down the fort every single fucking week and she gets like what three title runs with the women's title and then a tag team title run and she doesn't get three? to she only, she only had two titles she only had two 
That's another he thing that my brain has apparently imagined. Sorry. <laughs> she may have even had, like, I think she had, like, maybe one or two shots at the Divas title, which the fact that Trinity never won the Divas title was crazy. It's like they trusted her enough to lead a faction, including, like, one of the up-and-comers from NXT, but didn't trust her enough to be champion. And, um, and, and then, like, I think she, after she dropped the title... Uh, to Natty in 2017 she didn't get another chance at the women's title until 2019 or 20 I think 2020 against Bailey in Saudi Arabia was her first women's championship match since she lost the title and that is another reason why I think that it is impossible to deny that there is a racial aspect to how Trinity was treated in WWE because I cannot think of another woman that had to wait that long after being champion to be involved in the title scene again. And I cannot think of any other wrestlers that have been told to just shut up and wrestle. Yeah. So, just... again, it is God. constant work that we have to do. And as fans, we have to show that that is not tolerated and that regardless of how much you like a person they do not need to be disrespected they do not need to be mistreated and that it especially they do not need to be on the receiving end of prejudiced nonsense like that 1000% agree and just like to put a bow on that like part of like that being your job as a fan starts with you not adding on to the disrespect as a, even like I've seen it coming from everyone including her own fans it's it's about knowing when it's time to start joke stop joking and you know be respectful mm -hmm. of her decision and you know what she wants I know like there are always going to be things I want to see her go to New Japan I mean I, yeah I want to see her go to New Japan I want to see her go to stardom you know, um, I want to see her do all these things, and I, I think that she will, but also, even if she doesn't, it's being respectful of what she wants, because at the end of the day, it's her life, it's her career, and she is a human being, and if we want other people to respect her, we have to respect her first, you know, um, and remembering that, in of all the wrestlers, Trinity is the one, one of the ones that is online, and she does see everything, you know, she is very interactive with her fans. So be cognizant of that and don't be a part of making more negativity for this woman who's already dealing with so much as a public figure. Um, and just like show her love and show her respect because that's what she deserves from everyone. So we'll end there and uh We'll do our match and song recommendations. Uh, and, I mean, my match recommendation is going to be any women's match on Impact that you can find. Um, but I will specifically say the match where Tessa Blanchard wins the world title. I think that that uh, is a phenomenally important moment in the history of women's wrestling. And I think that everyone should see it even though Tessa Blanchard is not great 
Uh, I still think that just for the importance of that match and the importance of what it represented, I think that that is a good choice. Then I'm also going to recommend that when it is aired, you do your best to check out Trinity's debut match with Impact. Uh, my song recommendation uh, is something that I did not put thought into, so that's going to take me a second. Um, you know what? Because it came up on Twitter, too. Uh, you Don't Know Me by Elizabeth Gillies as... Uh, oh my god, I uh, love that song. <laughs> it's a really good song. As, uh, oh my god, why can't I remember that character's name? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Jade, Jade yes, as Jade West from the show Victorious. Uh, it came up on Twitter the other day, and I had just listened to it, uh, th the day before that. So, yeah, check that out. It's really, really good. I love that song. My match recommendation is gonna be, um, Money in the Bank 2000. Actually, I'm gonna recommend two both of these um money in the bank 2018 and money in the bank 2019 but especially money in the bank 2019 because i think that was a match where trinity really really like got to shine and she had a lot of really super cool spots in that match we actually just watched those not too long ago yeah i need to rewatch them because i haven't seen them in a bit but they're two of like my favorite matches in general but like especially like money in the bank wise she, but also like what I love about those matches, uh, her interactions with Ember Moon, aka Athena, um, and there had been some teasing about them having a match, possibly, possibly their first singles match, because I know both of them have been wanting that forever. So hopefully that happens soon. Um, but watch that match, those matches, um, and my song recommendation is gonna be, um, uh. Here I Am by Nicki Minaj because I kind of feel like that song is a good like little something in terms of like what we were talking about today. But yeah. Alright everyone. Thank you for listening. We hope that uh, you had a good time listening to this as uh, heavy as a lot of it was. Um, and be safe wear a mask, get vaccinated, and uh, support not just the black women wrestlers in your life, but do your best to support black women in all facets of your life. And we will see you guys next time.